This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show seven days a week from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, Busted Open Nation? It's me, it's Uncle Bully, and welcome to another edition of the Busted Open After Dark Podcast. Our great dynamite tonight with some great promos. Sting off the charts. The best promo I've heard him cut in 10 years. His tone told me everything. And if I'm the Bucks, I'm afraid of Sting come revolution. Ric Flair, the dirtiest player in the game, hanging out with the young Bucks, Matthew and Nicholas. What does this mean? I'll tell you what I think. And Wardlow, back on track. In one night, in five minutes, he got me to buy in. Wardlow's pissed. Wardlow's angry. Wardlow wants what rightfully his. I'm going to tell you exactly what should happen with him going forward. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Uncle Bully. Busted Open After Dark Podcast. Turn that bitch up to 11. What really stood out to me tonight was Ric Flair. The Ric Flair arrival shot where you just see the $1,000, you know, snakeskin loafers and the no socks. Immediately low, it's Flair. And as soon as we saw Flair's face, the nature boy did not look happy at all. They go to commercial break on the Flair arrival, which is very WWE-esque, good call, Keeps you hooked. Flair's there. What is he going to do? Are we going to see Flair as soon as we come back? Are they going to roll into something else? Well, the minute they came back from break, we get Flair bumping into Renee Paquette. Renee wants to get a few words with the good old nature boy. And the look on Ric Flair's face tells it all. And if you couldn't tell by the look, he finally told us. Ric Flair was a little disappointed. Rick was disappointed that he wasn't a bigger part of the company right now. But more importantly, he's not a bigger part of Sting's last match. At first, I'm saying to myself, is this Flair's ego? Like it's supposed to be about Ric Flair? I know Rick put Sting on the map back in the day at the Clash. Or was it legitimate disappointment that they haven't asked more of Rick moving in and leading in to Sting's last match at Revolution? Sting and Darby Allen versus the Young Bucks. And Ric Flair tells Renee Paquette that he's there and he wants to explore some other options. Now, when he first said explore some other options, I'm scratching my head. I'm like, he showed up to work to explore options. Normally in professional wrestling, when you're exploring other options, you're talking to other wrestling companies. But the exploring of options that Ric Flair was talking about was knocking on the dressing room door of two of the EVPs of AEW. Those EVPs? Nicholas and Matthew Jackson. They open the door. They see Ric Flair. They're in shock. 
Flair's like, hey, guys, you got a minute? I'd love to talk. I don't care who you are. If Ric Flair wants to talk to you, you're going to listen. The Bucks invite Flair in, and I got to tell you guys, the hook was in my mouth. Do you guys remember when Flair first popped up onto the scene? And I don't remember. I don't remember if it was here on After Dark or if it was me and Lagreca talking about it, or maybe even me and Tommy or me and Mark about Flair possibly screwing Sting in his last match. Now, why is Ric Flair walking into the dressing room? of Matthew and Nicholas Jackson, the Young Bucks. What does he want to talk to them about? It would seem that his disappointment has led him to want to have a discussion with the enemy. Right now, the enemy of Sting and Darby Allen are the Young Bucks. The Bucks beat the shit out of Sting and Darby a couple of weeks ago. And they also beat up Sting's kids, two sons. You would have thought that Ric Flair would have been in Sting's corner or front row cheering on Sting at that final clash. But as of right now, what they've done tonight is plant the seed of doubt. Whose side is Ric Flair on? Let's not forget what Ric Flair has referred to himself as for decades now. The dirtiest player in the game. And as much as Ric Flair loves Sting, Ric Flair will always be about Ric Flair. And if he's disappointed that there's not enough spotlight being shined on him right now, who knows what he's capable of at Sting's final match. I'm very intrigued by this story. I love the way it played out on TV. I love the disappointment on Flair's voice. I'm sorry, on Flair's face and the disappointment in his tone. Analysis on the fight game from the coach's corner with Dean Thomas. For Henry Cejudo, firing a coach on TV as a prank, to me, it just didn't make much sense. That's part of the distraction that I'm referring to in terms of is he where he needs to be? Because as a fighter, especially one getting older, you got to be locked in in a certain way that I feel like these stupid-ass pranks is a distraction. Tuesday through Thursday from 12 to 3 Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Sting with probably the best promo I've seen Sting cut since he faced yours truly in TNA at Slammiversary in Boston. I'm saying it because this was an amazing promo from Sting. The, the seriousness that he brought to the table, the, the you know, the passing away of his dad and my condolences to Sting and his entire family on the passing away of his dad a week ago. You guys always hear me talk about tone and how important tone is in a promo. I have never been afraid of Sting. I've never felt fear from a Sting promo. 
I do remember back in the day that Sting told me, hey, Bubba, if you get the opportunity, gouge my eyes out, break my arm, snap my leg, and try to cave in my face. And I looked at him and I said, why would you ever say that to me? He said, because if I get the opportunity, that's exactly what I'm going to do to you. Tonight's tone reminded me of that sting. So maybe I should back up and say there was one time I was afraid of sting. And tonight, after hearing that promo, if I was the Bucks, I'd be terrified. Somber. Focused. I don't think Sting blinked in his promo. He looked right down the barrel of that camera. And you can tell in his promo and in his tone how much his father's death is playing on him right now. How much his dad meant to him. I think you're going to get a version of Sting at this pay-per-view that you haven't seen in a long time. And it's going to be fueled by the passing of his dad. It's going to be fueled by what the Bucks did to his sons. Sting getting his ass kicked doesn't mean a damn thing to sting but the bucks laying their hands on sting's sons his flesh and blood his family which has never been done before in this industry not even by me to him back in the day that means everything so between the Bucks laying their hands and bloodying up his sons and the passing of Sting's dad, this man is on a mission. If I'm Matt and Nick, I'm scared. And if they're not, when the bell rings at Revolution and they look across the ring and they see the look in that man's eyes, they will be. I can guarantee it. Tremendous promo by Sting. That's the stuff that sells matches. If you weren't convinced that you wanted to see Sting and Darby versus the Bucks, you should be by now. I challenge anybody to call in and tell me that they did not like the Sting promo. As a matter of fact, if you did not like the Sting promo, I will put you on immediately. Because I'd love to know why. The raw emotion in what he said makes me want to put my, put my hand in my pocket, pull out my credit card, and buy a ticket. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. What Sting did tonight 
and the promo he delivered is what more of the wrestling business needs. I love when you bring the realism into things. I'm I'm impressed that Sting was willing, and not that other wrestlers haven't done this at times also, but I'm always impressed when wrestlers are strong enough to bring their real-life struggles to the forefront, real-life pain, real-life anguish. Sting's not a young, you know, a young man anymore. He's not an old man, but he's 60, I guess. Lucky enough to have his dad around till up until a week ago. Sure, it would have been nice for Sting to have his dad see his last match. He'll see it, but he'll be looking down from heaven. At the fights with Randy Gordon and Jerry Cooney. In a year which is announcing one big fight after another, it was just announced that one of the biggest fights of the year is going to be taking place April 20th. Ryan Garcia against Devin Haney. I love the confidence coming from Ryan Garcia, but I still feel that he's biting off way more than he can chew with Devin Haney. At the fights, Mondays and Fridays from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. All I know is this. What I got from Wardlow tonight was amazing. You know how I got, you know how you guys, you know how I feel about people yelling. I hate yelling and screaming. I like volume up, volume down, volume up, tone, inflection. Wardlow just screamed the whole time. But that was good because Wardlow is pissed. And Wardlow should be pissed. And you know what Wardlow did tonight? He told the truth. He took the reality of the situation. You're damn right. Homegrown. Day one. Super megastar who should have been a world champion by now. But he's not. Hit the gas. Hit the brakes. Hit the gas. Hit the brakes. What's the freaking problem? I've gone on this show. I've been on Busted Open. You know... I, 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 I nauseate myself talking about the Wardlow situation. Hopefully tonight was the beginning for Wardlow. If he goes out there and he delivers that prom- this promo tonight and then is forgotten about again or not followed up on again or falls to the wayside again in a couple of weeks, that's it. Washing my hands. Done. Dunsky. Over. I'm not paying attention anymore. Not because I dislike Wardlow, because I don't trust the process in the system in AEW when it comes to Wardlow. And I don't want to hear about, well, Wardlow might have been his own worst enemy backstage, and, oh, Wardlow might not have agreed. And I'm not saying this is the truth. I'm making shit up. You don't have a guy who's that over. AEW had their Goldberg. Organically, and you've done nothing with him. It's time to push Wardlow. But as I said many times, if Tony Khan can't relate to a talent, he's not willing to push a talent. And it ain't the first time because the way Tony is with bigger guys, Vince McMahon was with smaller guys. 
I've seen it with my own eyes. I've heard it with my own ears from Vince. If Vince isn't afraid of you, if Vince smelt fear on you, if Vince didn't think you could handle yourself in a street fight, they'd just disregard you. Yeah, there are some smaller guys who made it for for other reasons, like a Rey Mysterio, a Spike Dudley. But when it comes to big guys, Tony just doesn't see it. Hopefully tonight, Tony saw the -the over-the-top intensity. Hopefully the fan base saw the -the over-the-top intensity. That's what Wardlow needed. I don't care about another Wardlow match where he powerbombs a guy one time to 10,000 times. It doesn't matter. I've seen it, been there, done that. Give me raw emotion. Tell me why you're so pissed off. And in him telling me why, he gave me the truth. And in one night, I'm back on his side. Because he made me believe in him. And there was no lies told. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today.